I'm guessing that you have not been strong, fit, and athletic all your life. At one point in your life, you were as lean, strong, fit, and capable as you've ever been, but I'd be willing to bet that's not where you are today. In other words, you're probably not in the best shape of your life right now. Now, if you were a collegiate athlete, it's pretty unrealistic to think you might be in better shape today than you were back then. But for the rest of us, what would it look like to be in the best possible shape that we can be right now, right where we are? Today, we're going to hear from a fitness expert who's been in fantastic shape his entire life, and he's going to share his thoughts on getting and staying in the best shape we possibly can, no matter our age, in order to lead a rich, healthy, vital life. Hello and welcome to the Over 50 Health and Wellness Show. I'm your host, Kevin English. I'm the founder of The Silver Edge, and our mission is to help you build and maintain a lean, healthy body that you love for the rest of your life so that you can show up in the second half of your life as the healthiest, strongest, most vital version of yourself. We have a great show for you today. Chris Wilson is here, and he's going to help us get strong and healthy. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by The Silver Edge. The Silver Edge is my online nutrition, exercise, and lifestyle coaching business, catering to those of you over 50 who aren't ready to give up and buy into the common narrative of it's all downhill from here. At The Silver Edge, we take a health-first approach to working with our clients to help them build lean, strong, vital bodies that last. Look, there's no shortage of lose weight, quick coaches and programs in the world, but here's the deal. You can either lose weight quickly or permanently. So if you're tired of losing and gaining the same weight over and over again, if you're tired of constantly dieting, if you have a poor relationship with food, exercise in your body, then I invite you to book a call and see if our services are a perfect fit for you and your goals. The easiest way to do this is head over to silveredgefitness.com and click on the coaching tab, or just shoot me an email at coach at silveredgefitness.com. Okay, enough of that. Let's get on with today's show. today is Chris Wilson. Chris is a lifelong fitness and health advocate with nearly 25 years of experience in the fitness industry. Chris has worked alongside and learned from leaders in the industry, such as Charles Poliquin, Ben Prentice, three-time world champion powerlifter Lloyd Weinstein, four-time Mr. Olympia Jay Cutler, IFBB pros Darren Charles, Ben Pakulski, John Hansen, Big Aaron Reed, and many, many more. Chris oversees the Strong by Design podcast show, as well as the Critical Bench YouTube channels with over 1 million subscribers and over 4,000 videos. Without further ado, let's meet Chris. How did I get here? Wow, that's a great question. There's different ways I can go about this, but in the past, I've answered it with really just thinking back to my early years, my childhood, and my affinity for my older brothers. Older brothers, five years older than me, identical twins. 
and they really laid the foundation for me, I would say, I guess, in, in my fitness and strength journey and interests. From a very young age, to me, they were my role models, and I always wanted to be big and strong like my big brothers, and I knew the only way to get there was to be outside, participate in, in recreational sport and fun and activity with neighborhood kids and stuff. And then certainly once I got to be about nine or 10 and I saw them taking it seriously in strength training and lifting weights in their garage or talking about building muscle at the gym, at the high school and stuff, then I, I was like, oh, so that's how you do it. And so I just, I learned by watching and learned by doing and found it very empowering to be like strong and tough as a, as a little boy. I remember just being in elementary school, really considering myself a real tough kid for play tactical football or something on the playground or whenever, like I always wanted to, you know, get involved. And, and so that's really where it started from was a real simplistic, fun child, just childhood experience and it, you know, back in the, you know, in the late seventies, early eighties, I mean, that's, that's what kids did. You know, you, it was a different kind of a different world, a different time. And as I'm sure anybody who's around hovering around the age of 50 can think back to those years where you had so much freedom on, on a weekend, especially you'd kind of like get outside your house, ride your bikes, play tag, play in the woods. Anybody had a ball, didn't matter what kind of ball it was. You played with it. <laughs> yeah. And then you listened for the whistle of your father or right. whatever to get, uh, before catch, dark, right? to get yeah. home before dark. Yeah. Don't miss dinner. You know, that, miss that, dinner. Was, yeah. that was, you know, that was kind of my, my experience growing up other than doing chores and work around the house. My dad was very much, he took advantage of having three sons. Sure. We all had, we all had jobs to do. Certainly my older brothers more so than I, since they were more capable being older, but it, it was ingrained in me at a very young age. All right. So it sounded like you had kind of that, you, you had that fitness example early on by the, like you said, your older brothers. Now, did you get, did you play a lot of organized sports as you yeah. aged up a little bit or yeah. what did that look like? Yeah, I think, and I coach now, I coach baseball for my son. I've been doing that for many years now. Just absolutely love it. I love organized sports. Played a lot of baseball and football. Those were my two big ones growing up. Great memories from being on just great teams with wonderful coaches who pushed us and got the most out of us. And then in high school, football became kind of everything for me. Football and lifting weights in the off season. And, uh, and just the friendships. In fact, I have a fun trip lined up next month with five of my best friends from high school. All of us played football together and we do this every couple of years. We get together. We did got together in Florida and now we're getting together in Texas next month because we just, you know, that's what bonded us. You know, it was just having great success on the football field and spending so much time with each other. And we had a championship group. We won the championship for the first time in school history back in 1993. Brookfield Bobcats, shout out, <laughs> up in Connecticut. And uh, we were just a, a just a good, hardworking group of guys. And yeah, I took it very seriously, sports. I was, I, I made a lot of time for it. I was 
highly competitive and still am. And I feel like that's a great character builder. And there's so many lessons to be learned on the field of play. You know, there's obviously so much focus on school for kids. And, and, and I understand that classroom learning is important. But there's something for boys in particular because of our nature and our, our movement of the body and, and applying our, our physical capacity between the white lines, so to speak, really builds us up as, as individuals, as human beings, being part of a team, working towards the same goal. There were so many great lessons, learning how to lose and mm-hmm. learning how to win and being a sportsman. And, and so, I mean, I could talk for days on, on things like this. And just what I'm dealing with right now with this group of all-star boys baseball that I'm coaching. I mean, there's just, there's so much in it, even as character building for me as a 47 year old man, still learning things with coaching 11 and 12 year old boys, you know, it's, it, it never ends, never ends. No, it doesn't. And, and I agree wholeheartedly with you on the organized sports specifically, just there's so many life lessons in there. Like you said, that character building, that learning to express and control your physicality and test mm. the limits of it, frankly. And then that common mission, you're, you're with your teammates and you guys are working together towards a common goal, learning how to lose graciously, how to win graciously. And that, and that concept of sportsmanship mm. just sets us up for so much success later in life. Now, you talked about back in your childhood days, uh, you mentioned your brothers had a, a weight set. And when you said that, I'm kind of thinking in my mind that Sears and Rose Roebuck kind of the sand filled plastic yes. weights. I'm, that's what I see when I, when I think about that. Talk to us about your introduction to weightlifting. And you mentioned you got pretty serious with that in high school. What yeah. was the evolution of that like as a, as a child to, to where you are today? Yeah. Yeah. We had definitely some of those plastic sand slash it was like concrete, con- concrete inside yeah. those things yeah. Yeah. yeah and then if the cap would come off you know so it would start pouring out like oh i'm losing my weights but we had those iron plates too with the small bars mm-hmm. the, the, the thin with the little clamps that would go on the end my dad was a bit into it as well my dad was always very fit and very active had fit, a fitness membership at the local racquetball club where he actually that was like his one of his main sources of exercise activity was racquetball, but he would work out and liked toning, you know, keeping his muscle build pretty nice as he got older. But I would say just, yeah, watching my brothers in that garage and, and wanting to be like them carried very quickly over to, you know, how I kind of pictured myself at their age, you know, so I, you know, I would see them at 15. I'm like, that's when I want to look like when I'm 15. So yeah, by the time I got to high school and uh, we worked out a heck of a lot at the, at the school weight room at the local YMCA, a powerhouse gym opened in our town, which is a big deal. And that was like the first real muscle gym in our town. And I loved having a membership there where my tank powerhouse tank top and, you know, showing guns. And, and I just always loved it. And then it kind of went up a, a few notches for me in college. I didn't have the luxury of playing sports in college, which is still a huge regret for me, even though I really, I can't, it's like one of those regrets where it's like, that's the only way it could have gone. Cause in college I had to work, I had to make money, I had to kind of earn my way through school to pay for where I lived and all the needs that I had, I didn't have, I had some scholarship money, but that was used up in the first year of college from playing from scholastic 
academic and 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 sport related money there, but that was used up. That I just I didn't have the the time to devote to a sports team at the college level, but I did have the time to work out in the cracks. And I did. I worked out as hard as I could. And I got in probably my best shape of my life between an eighteen and twenty one year old time frame. And just you know skipped a lot of ropes. Had my own weights at my house in, in a, a garage gym, much like you know, kind of what I, I grew up with. But also just lived at the fitness center on campus and just loved every part of it. I loved just again being strong, being fit. And having, you know, at that time, your only focus is very selfish kind of focus at that point, right? You have no one to take care of but yourself. <laughs> so it was like, how much money do I have for food? Got to make sure I go to class. If I'm not in class or sleeping, I am working out. I mean, so this is like the three things I did. And I did a lot of it and, and got great results from it. I just never stopped moving and appreciating the results of the hard work. And everyone's capable of it, but it's, you got to fall in love, I think, with whatever it is that you're doing, whatever activity or hobby it is that gets you moving and gets you active. There has to be a real, you have to have a real heart for it. Otherwise, it's, it's just not lasting. So I, I just loved weights and weightlifting. I feel a connection to my brothers and and probably through that and to that, that young Chris, you know, that's just, you know, kind of in, in, in me somewhere, you know, I just always like that little kid kind of like seeking to be like his big brothers or something and, and just enjoying the process. Yeah. I love how you talk about falling in love with the process. And yeah. that's one of the things I say, I've said on this show multiple times, like, look, the you know, and I often frame it in, in say, a weight loss journey. A good coach can help you lose weight, and that's just table stakes. Okay, here's the mechanics. Here's the framework. We're going to lose some weight. And if you, as a client, have the motivation and the grit, the willpower, the determination, you can, in fact, lose weight. But that, you know, this and the statistics are just horrifying with the long-term success of that. But I say a great coach can help you fall in love with the process to maintain that because clearly what happens after you diet is way more important than the actual diet phase, right? I'm going to lose 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds, whatever it is. But what you just said there is I've, I fell in love with this process and clearly you've done this throughout your entire life, right? So I, I think that's a key thing for people to take away is figuring out something that you love, learning to love the process, love becoming, love the journey, that whole, that whole thing there just has a a huge impact on whether the results you get, whether that's strength results, body composition results, aesthetics, performance, whatever it is, whether those are temporary effects or lifelong effects. Yeah. Now, speaking of lifelong effects, right? You've been in fitness for, I think, your entire life. Is there ever been a time in your life when you weren't fit? I've had many moments where, I mean, right now I could even stand to lose 15 pounds. You know, I'm, I'm not, definitely not a magazine cover worthy, right? I've only had those moments actually a handful of times because I'm not, I'm, I, I've never really been the six pack abs guy. You know, I've always been more of a straight first approach, but still, you know, mm -hmm. be fit, be athletic. And it's still my approach is just to be able to move like a kid. I love to move on the baseball field with, with my, my son and his buddies. And I'm having just as much fun as they are to be perfectly honest. And so are the other dads have such a great group of men 
and, uh, and, and boys, and we just all have so much fun together. But I've had those moments. I'm a human being. I've had those moments where, you know, say around the holidays where you really let yourself go and you're indulging more often and, you know, you're not maybe finding as much time for the workout on the, on the daily. They, I rarely will go a week without a workout unless I'm, you know, I'm seriously on vacation. And even then, most vacations have some type of hiking or some type of activity involved on a regular basis. But I've definitely had periods in my life where I've been dissatisfied with what I'm seeing and realized I got to kick it up a notch. In fact, a few years ago, I had really committed. It was just over two years ago, actually, at this time where I committed with a coach his, his name is Will Grazione, the educated dieter. If you're unfamiliar with Will, I'd actually encourage you to seek him, Kevin. He, he'd be a wonderful guy to have. He's a podcaster. He's an unbelievable mind when it comes to nutrition and really dialing things in. And I had Will as a coach that held me accountable. And he's a friend of mine, but he, we would meet on a weekly basis and I was logging all of my food. I was logging and counting my caloric intake, and we were watching the weight and the and the trend and this change over a six month period. It was really cool. If you've never done this, I would encourage anyone listening. If you really want results and anything, it's about tracking and, and accountability. And I had this spreadsheet that I had to fill in every day with what my int- well. I first of all, I use a my fitness pal app to log my food. And then on a daily or weekly basis, I had to fill in the spreadsheet with like what my weight, weight, my weight was for that day and how many steps I got, what my workouts looked like. And it was very, so it was very, you know, detailed. And the more detailed you can get with this clear goal, the the better your chances of success. And for six months, I, I lost almost 25 pounds. I went from a little over 220 Actually, the lowest I got to was 191, which for me is like really felt skinny. And it felt like, wow, I've gone yeah. too, I've gone too far. But that was like the weight I was at in high school, that senior year, freshman year of college, like that, like low 190s. And I was like, wow. And it felt great. But it obviously it was hard for me to like just maintain that or stick to it. So of course the weight, you know, slowly but surely the pounds kind of come back on, and because again I didn't stick to that tracking, and so I think it's there's a happy medium there. It's like we need we all need some form of accountability, and whether that's a friend or just something that we are tracking and logging ourselves and monitoring. But, you know, whether that's logging your workouts or for me, it's really more of a nutrition thing. The workouts seem to come so natural to me. And it was the food that was more of my nemesis or my hurdle, if you will. And I'm sure there's people listening. It's the opposite. Maybe they struggle to get the workouts in because that's just not their thing. But eating has always kind of been a big deal to them. Eating for me, I look at way too much as a, as a reward and an indulgence yeah. and I have such a big appetite that I just, it can get the best of me. I'm a hundred percent with you on the tracking. I feel like everybody should take some time 
and weigh, measure, and track all their food. It's kind of a pain in the ass, but the information you get back, plus if you're going to say, hey, I have this goal, this nutrition goal, this body composition goal, if you have no idea where you're starting from, it's really tough to to be successful there. So I'm I'm a big fan of all forms of self-experimentation, but specifically in just knowing those numbers. How many calories a day do I average for my maintenance calories? And how does that compare to other people of my size? And what should it be, right? And then how much of that's from protein and fats and carbs? You just learn a lot by doing that deep dive. And what's that saying? What gets measured gets managed. And I like to say what gets measured gets mastered, right? And that applies not just to your nutrition, but like you said, to all all facets of your life. That's exactly all right. right. Now, so again, you've been you've been in fitness pretty much. Well, you've been in fitness your entire life. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you because I, I I know that you've gotten the opportunity to work to work alongside and probably work out alongside some pretty big athletes. I mean, Charles Poliquin, Jay Cutler some of these other guys talk to us a little bit about how how did you how did you meet these guys were yeah. you working out with them how, how did that look yeah what was that like i i've had that you know when you're at fitness or strength training for long enough and attend things and and work in some you know some some cool places you're gonna come across people you're gonna come in contact with them see them speak or see them train and and i've had the I've just had so many, I have so many great memories of some people that I've learned from. I mean, up in Connecticut, when I was just after college, I got a job at a world gym chain in, in the Stanford Norwalk area of Connecticut, in that southwest corner of Connecticut. And there's where I met a, a man by the name of Lloyd Weinstein, who was a, a master's power lifter, like unbelievable, yeah. 155 pounds, could could deadlift and squat almost four times his body weight. I mean, he was unbelievable. And I remember just learning from him and watching him train and, and, and being just fascinated with his technique and his form. I was so impressed. And I ended up getting through World Gym. I met a guy by the name of Ben Prentice, who has a, an elite hockey performance center up in the Northeast. He works with NHL athletes, but also everyday average men and women, which is so cool. He kind of blends it at his facility. And by knowing Ben and working for Ben for many years, he get, gave me great exposure to other people. And Charles Poliquin was one of those. And Ben was a bit of a kind of like an intern for Charles or a mentee, if you will. And he was doing work for Charles out at at his facility in Arizona. Charles would come to our facility and train there and teach us and talk with us, go to lunch with us and stuff. And uh, he was fascinating. Loved some of the things that he taught us. And, and, you know, I was pretty green at this point. I was in my early mid twenties and really just like absorbing and, you know, I loved his big veiny, strong forearms that he had. And, and some of his story, he's a great storyteller and a very soft-spoken guy, but pretty intimidating at the same time with his track record. And, and then I made a big move to Florida a few years after that, those great experiences. And I was around Darum Charles a lot. Darum Charles actually still competing in his early 50s. Looks unbelievable. At the, t- at the time, in the early 2000s, he was one of the you know, top 10 bodybuilders in the world. And then I, I used to work at a facility where he trained clients and we would, we, we were friendly with each other. And I remember one day he was like, Hey, that's stability ball. I see you use with your clients. 
can you show me some stuff with this? I remember him rolling around on the stability, this big muscle, just freak rolling around on the stability. I, I, thought, I thought that was really funny. And then the, Jay Cutler was actually in my training on my NASA certification back in 1999. He was in my class, in my work, three-day workshop. He's from Norwalk, Connecticut. We're from the state of Connecticut. And he was in Norwalk for that. And I remember this is before anyone knew who he was. He was doing some guest posing. And I was like, wow, look at the size of this kid. He's going to be something someday. Sure enough, he he beat Mr. Sure Olympia four, yeah. four times over. And, uh, and then when I was in Florida also and, and started uh, early years here working at Critical Bench, we had a relationship with Ben Bukolsky, who's also a top bodybuilder in the, in the world and a super smart guy. And we became friendly with him and made a lot of content with him actually on our YouTube channel. And in the Tampa area, there's a lot of great fitness people. And of course, I've come to know John Hansen, who's unbelievable, still looks amazing all these years. I guess he's going to be pushing 60. And he was a, he was the first natural Mr. Olympia. And I think he won that title three times. And Erin Stern, another obviously figure champion. She's been in our facility many times. So I've just been around so many great people and learned from them and worked with them and gotten to know them personally. And uh, it's, it's just fun. It's fun because these people look like superheroes when you meet them, you know, in, in the flesh. Right. And yeah, so, yeah, it's just been a really good ride. And I've always looked at it as just opportunities to learn. That's, that's really when I've looked at it. You know, that I don't know. I still am learning. I don't know all there is to know. I don't ever consider myself the brightest mind. You know, and that I was just always a student. Yeah, I love that idea of of always a student, that lifelong learning path, and that we, especially in health and fitness, but really in all things, we don't really arrive. We're just on the path, right? We're on the journey. So, yeah, love all that. Well, speaking of on the path and learning, and you being a a teacher as well, a lot of the folks listening here, in fact, most of the folks listening here are not are are not heavy strength athletes. Say probably. A lot of my folks probably don't even know what a power lifting meet might look like. And of course, when we say a bodybuilder, they, they, they could picture that in their head. But what advice would you have for, say, somebody in their 50s, 60s that's listening to this and they're thinking, okay, they, you know, you've got some great stories about, about being strong and meeting some very strong people, clearly. But what advice would you give to somebody who's, let's say, the kids have just left and they're now refocusing back in on themselves, man or a woman? And they were fit probably once upon a time, certainly in their life. And now they're looking to get back in shape. What's, what kind of advice would you have for somebody to getting back to strength training, maybe learning to fall in love with that process? Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, strength for our body is, is absolutely key to, to longevity and to quality of movement our energy, our cognitive function, when you, it, our, our bones, I mean, everything, our bodies are designed for movement and, and it's, it's something we should never, ever get away from. And when we're kids, we're strength training. We are just not thinking about it that way. But I mean, look at what kids do from the age of, you know, crawling and rolling around to, to walking and running and flipping and tumbling and twisting and turning and jumping and everything that kids can do with their bodies. It, it, and it's fun for them, right? And we should never stop that. And unfortunately, we, get up, we grow up 
and we get older and we do stop that, at least most of us to some degree. But I think it's, it's having a focus on, you know, always see yourself as an athlete and striving to maintain some form of athleticism because it's just going to lead to just a more full life when we get older. Strength training is about learning, looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's, you know, or, you know, it's not bodybuilding. Bodybuilding is a offshoot of strength training. Powerlifting is an offshoot of strength training. Strength training can be done just with your own body weight, also known as calisthenics. And I've seen some amazing physiques with people who really just do mostly calisthenics. I've seen amazing physiques with, mm-hmm. with women who yeah. mostly just do yoga. And that's this is body weight strength training. And it's it's really about consistency and about following some type of program that's really, you know, well thought out and not just kind of like, I'm just going to, I don't know really what I'm doing here. I saw this, like, I'm going to grab this and pull this, you know, have something that's, that's more guided. That's more maybe, and maybe use a trainer or strength coach initially just to put something together that's worth following and then ride that wave. And I'll say people who, who do get something in writing and it's something that's specific and clear and they have all their answers, their questions answered and they, they stick to it. And there's a consistency there of, you know, a daily or weekly practice. This is so beneficial to how we move in the world, how we move in our homes safely. Certainly I'm talking to an older audience, you know, 50 plus. You don't want to be tripping and falling and fracturing and breaking things. You want to be, you know, moving with confidence and climbing stairs and, you know, playing with your grandchildren and not being stressed or have anxiety over how much walking is required to do this or to do that. Enjoy the great outdoors and hiking, which is, by the way, one of the greatest forms of activity for anyone, but certainly for older people. Hiking is absolutely amazing for your soul. It's amazing for your body. It's amazing for your lungs and your everything and for the way your brain operates and, and functions. And I love talking about movement and its impact on, on brains, but we're talking strength. And if you want those strong bones and strong connective tissue, and you want to still be able to function in your home, opening things and, and, and being able to pick up things and move things around, that I encourage people to train for strength, not just pick up the little pink three-pound dumbbells, mm-hmm. pick up something that's actually pretty heavy, and you don't have to do it for 25 reps. <laughs> you know, it, And this is where really having a coach or a trainer, it, it really helps. Again, I'm not saying you have to go out and spend gobs of money, but maybe a, a few sessions with somebody that's respected at your fitness, fitness center or wherever you like to go work out, or they come to you at your home. Maybe you have some stuff at the house and you have a home gym and you can have somebody come to your home and, and put something together because you're not so sure where to go, where to start. That That's what I would say would be super, super worthwhile. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you there. And the, that is a very worthwhile endeavor to certainly get started, like you said, on that path, uh, specifically for strength. Now, 
we often talk about we don't lose muscle. We most of my audience is familiar with the term sarcopenia and osteopenia. We're not losing muscle and bone density because we're aging so much as we're losing it because we're aging poorly. That is, just like you referenced, we're not we're not moving. We stop moving, we stop using that muscle. The body's very, very good at adapting and doesn't want us. I mean, that that you know, those muscles that we build in strength training are very metabolically expensive. We don't use them. The body does has no reason to keep them around. Just the opposite, right? It's going to shut them down. That's right. I love that you say, "Hey, folks, let's think of ourselves as athletes." I love the idea, this concept of the athlete of aging. I think Dr. Jonathan Sullivan of uh, the Barbell Prescription. He came out of the Mark Ripetoff School, and he talks a lot about those people. You know, those of us in 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s were athletes of aging, and we're you know our sport is life or death. It's an extreme sport, right? Yeah. So I, I love that idea. And of course, an athlete doesn't really doesn't so much exercise as they train. The difference sure. being there is, hey, now I have a purpose. I have a program. I have a strategic roadmap. I have a place I'm going. And I think that's kind of what you're referencing, right? That's yes. That's not just look if. If the option is just you willy nilly going out and playing around in the gym versus sitting on the <laughs> sitting on the couch and binging Netflix, by all means, go out and play at the gym. That's way better. But having a structured program with yeah. a plan and a purpose and a strategy, I think, really is huge for those of us in, in this age demographic. Now, when when we talk about exercise, and you had mentioned the little pink hand weights for the ladies. Let's, let's talk specifically for the ladies. Cause look, in our, in my generation, so I'm, I'm 59. The women in my age bracket grew up in the, in the Jane Fonda era, right? So they were, if there were any weights at all, they were a little pink, but they were probably, they were probably step aerobics. And that was how women trained. And men, men went over here and trained with the big, scary, bulky weights. And so women have this, this preconceived notion sometimes that strength training is not for them, that it might that it might make them bulky or maybe they're intimidated to walk into a gym. Can you talk a little bit about why strength training specifically might be appropriate for, let's just say, a, a 58-year-old woman who's deconditioned looking to get back into shape? Yeah. I think it's your fastest way to get back into shape. If you if your aim is to you know lose a little fat and tone up a little bit, get more shapely, you know, to attack the the loose flesh on the back of your arms and around your middle and on your backside, the best way to attack those is actually by trying to add lean muscle tissue because you become more of a calorie burning machine. Think of it this way, you know, when you put fuel into a, into a Ferrari, right? Are you going to put, you know, a low quality gasoline, or are you going to put the best quality gasoline that you can possibly put? Right. And the thing that core is when you go fast, when you drive it fast, it's going to burn up that fuel really, really quickly. Well, that's what, what, what your body does. When you have more muscle, your body will burn up calories. Calorie is just a unit of energy, right? And so when you have more muscle, more dense tissue on your body, your body reacts much differently than someone else who has is more obese or has more fat. So the strength being the focus in really trying to affect your muscle and build that muscle, even as a woman who, hey, listen, women and men both have testosterone and estrogen at different levels, of course, but yep. women have the capacity for muscle building. It's just not on the same level as a, as a man's, but it's still there and a very real. 
And so you should still absolutely go after doing the big lifts, you know, the, the deadlifts and the, the squats and the overhead presses and the bench press and all the, all the stuff, all the magic movements that are multifaceted, involve multiple, multiple joints at the same time. Cause those not only burn more calories while you're doing them, they have more lasting effects afterwards. So cardio sessions are great. And I'll never just, you know, I'll never say, Hey, don't bother with that cardio session. Don't bother jogging or walking or doing an arc trainer or anything like those are great bikes, rowers. I love all those things and they can get you great results, get you breathing heavy. They're great for your lungs and for your heart, but they don't train the muscles the same way. But what's great about strength training is that your capacity to burn calories in a day is greatly enhanced from strength training over a period of hours after the benefits are for hours afterwards, whereas cardio, all the benefits, all the calorie burning is happening in the moment in real time. And then the body, you know, within minutes kind of comes back to, to that, you know, that basal BMR or basal metabolic rate, or, you know, kind of just like kind of your, your day-to-day functioning rate. But when you strength train, your body is, is, is trying to cope with that trauma so to speak, to the body for hours after the fact. And, uh, and, it, and it's a good thing. That's a good thing. Your, your body is an amazing machine. And when you, when you push it, you test it, and you, you push, push it a little bit more to the limits, it, 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 it requires more in terms of the nutrition and hydration and all those other things that come into play, of course. It's hard to talk about muscle building and strength training without talking about you know, how, to, how to eat yeah. for that type of performance. It certainly is. Yeah. And I, I'm 100% on board with you. We talk a lot on this show about, Hey, look, cardio is fantastic for what it's meant for cardio, for your heart, for your pulmonary system, your cardio right. system. Not so great for, for fat loss though. And Ooh. I think what happens is we think, well, when I'm running on that treadmill, I'm burning up the calories that you are sort of, but that, I mean, that's a tough road to hoe. But yeah. to your point, when we, when we, focus on strength training, we start to build a little bit of muscle mass. Like we said, that's metabolically expensive, meaning it's going mm-hmm. to require me to burn more calories just to maintain it while I'm sitting here talking to you as a, for, for example, right? Not just while I'm doing it, the calorie burn that you get doing cardio stops the minute you stop doing cardio. But it, like you said, it lasts a lot longer after a, a weightlifting session. Mm-hmm. So I, I also wanted to go back. We were talking about the the ladies and you had mentioned, you know, Hey, let's pick up a barbell. <laughs> let's, let's deadlift. Let's squat. Let's bench. Let's press. Let's pull. And I think that some ladies are surprised by that because there's this, again, this notion that, well, I want to get toned. And the best way to do that is more of circuit training or a boot camp or an aerobic. And nothing could be further from the truth because what toned really means is strong. It's, it's developing a little bit of that muscle. And in some cases, maybe a lot more of that muscle. So <laughs> absolutely, absolutely love that. All right. So let's, let's talk a little bit about, because there is also, it's, it's more and more fringe, but it still comes up time here and there. I see it on social media or in popular media that people over here, five exercises, people over 50 should never do. And quite often the barbell squat, the barbell deadlift to you and I would agree, staple functional movements very often get thrown on that list. Another one is overhead pressing, right? And what are your thoughts on that? Are there, I mean, 
I think I know what you're, I think I can, I can imagine what you're going to say, but what, what are your thoughts on that kind of media, that sort of philosophy that these are things that people over a certain age should never do? Yeah. Well, those types of comments or statements are, are really tough, right? Because when you're just generalizing, it, it, it never seems to, to hold much weight because it's, it might be true of some people. I mean, there are, I know there's people that are, their shoulders are shot and they really don't have the capacity to do some type of overhead pressing motion, but there are alternatives. And that doesn't mean because they can't do that, that they maybe, maybe their knees and their hips are fine and they have the capacity to do some type of squat and some type of deadlift. And then it's, it, it just becomes, how do we modify this exercise? Maybe we do some type of box squat. Or we, or we hold the weight, not on our back with a barbell, but we hold the weight more in front of us, like a goblet squat, or it's a front squat of some kind. And, uh, you know, or we just start with body weight and you do static holds, isometric stuff where you're holding positions. And there's so many things. That's why it's a kind of a case by case or a person by person basis. And that's where it's so helpful to work with somebody initially to identify what your sticking points are, what maybe your are beyond your limits at your age, and what are well within your limits at a certain age. And I've worked with so many people on the plus side of 50 in my, you know, I mean, for 15 years, I worked with men and women face-to-face, and it's been the last 10 years that I've been fully online. But from 1998 to 2013, I worked with men and women from... 20 to 80 plus years old and all of them enjoyed strength training all of them enjoyed pushing themselves hard and getting a good workout and getting a good sweat and doing something they didn't think they could do and then they're doing it and then they're like whoa and it didn't happen necessarily on day one but it was a progression you built up to it there are you know the benefits i could we could each list probably a hundred different reasons why, you know, a deadlift and a squat fundamentally are two of the greatest things that you can do for your body. And it just comes down to technique and form and modifications based on who the person is. Every day, if you're getting in and out of your car, you're doing a squat. Every day, if you're getting on and off the toilet, you're doing a squat. Every day, if you're picking up a heavy thing, a laundry off the ground, you're doing a deadlift. Let's get you doing it correctly and then adding some load to it. So it's now your, you know, your body is really benefiting from it. But all of our bodies are designed to move in these ways. And that's why these movements have become kind of your foundation exercises for any sport. It doesn't matter who you are. What, what level, what, you know, what level athlete you're at, whether it's high school, college, pro level, there's certain movements of the body that you can't get away from that you want to work on improving structurally. And, uh, you know, I know people have bad back. You probably have a bad back because you never did deadlifts. You probably have, you know, knee issues or hip issues probably because you didn't do enough squats. Or you didn't do them correctly. So oftentimes it's, it's a lack of, not because, you know, because of. Not because of. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. Yeah. I, 
I, with you, I, I, I just it makes me cringe every time I see that as a blanket statement. And for mm. a person who's not sophisticated, might hear that and think, "Oh, well, I should, I should definitely shouldn't do that. I need to be careful." Mm. And to those people, I would say, "Look, every we're all individuals, and if you have limitations, we have to work within that." But just think about surrendering the ability to do the things you said to pick up a, a bag of potting soil from the ground. That's a deadlift to. And to sit down on a, on a couch and get back up. That's a squat, right? I mean, these are very functional human movements that we're made to do for our entire life. So I would think long and hard about giving up or surrendering those, those very functional movements. Mm-hmm. So Chris, speaking of these movements, what are, what are some of your favorite, favorite exercises or favorite movements? Are, are they in fact these, these basic powerlifting type functional movements or do you have some favorite exercises that you that you absolutely love and that are always in your routine yeah well it, in terms of ones that i try not to get too far away from they feel have great impact on my whole body i love an exercise it's a form it's a, a a variety of a deadlift it's called a rack pull and really all it is, it's that you're inside a squat rack with the weight a little bit elevated. So it's not pulling the weight from the ground. It's a little bit below the knee and then just standing up with it. You can go, you know, fairly happy with it. It's great for grip. It's great for posture and it works your whole posterior chain. So it's, it's great for low, mid, upper back for traps. And when I do rack pulls, I really feel that, that those muscles on the top of my, you know, upper mid back there again great for grip and so i love that's one of my very favorites i love it a standing overhead press whether it's with dumbbells i love it with a barbell we even have one of those log presses you know so it's kind of the big big log looking thing and you can add weights to it it's just fun it just for me you know i think of those like strongman events and competitions i'm not using weight like a strongman but it doesn't mean you can't do some of the things that you see them do just like in another exercise I love to do is a, a weighted carry. And I think that this is one of the most underutilized forms of exercise for men or women. There are so many different ways to do a weighted carry. We have a nice long turf area here in our facility, a little over 20 yards. And so I'll go over there with either heavy kettlebells or I'll have our farmer's bars, you know, where it's like a yeah. A bar that carries weight on each end. You can pick that up in each hand and walk with it. But the kettlebell is so great because you can hold it in different positions at your sides, in rack position at your chest, or up over your head like a waiter's carry. Mm-hmm. And walking under load, I think, is so cool because now you're getting everything, right? You're getting your your feet and your ankles and your knees and hips and your abs have to fire to hold your body in good position. You have to lock your shoulders into position. So it's, it's hitting everything at once. And, and our bodies love walking. I mean, walking's the single greatest form of activity for our, the human body. It really is. And then walking with like intentional walking. Like I'm not walking to the grocery store. I'm walking under load. So I'm really thinking about my position and my posture, and my chin, and my head, and, and my steps. You know how I, my my steps are 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 the same every time, and keeping my abs tight. And so, just something as simple as that, I think, is one of the greatest ways to train the body for for men or women, and 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 its impact on on our lives. 
how we feel after doing it, how we feel in moving in the world after the fact. I always try to apply everything to how does this make my life better? In the gym, it's great to be gym strong, but am I real world strong? Do I have real world strength? And that's where I think when you can implement some of the things like sandbags and medicine balls and weighted carries, things that I'm doing all the time in my training, I feel like I'm setting myself up for just aging well and aging with with a confidence in my body to physically, I can still do things. Just about anything I want to do, I can still do. I'm not as fast as I used to be. I'm not as strong as I used to be. And I'm okay with that, but I'm as fast and strong at this age as I, it can be within limits, you know, within yeah. understanding what my limits are. Oh, I, I 100% love that. And that's really what we talk about on this show, right? Is how do we, how do we age functionally strong, vital, have that confidence, have that physicality, be able to do, to live life, not to be strong for the sake of being strong, not to get, not that there's anything wrong with the aesthetic side, not, but not so much to, you know, try to be bodybuilders or fitness models, but really to be strong, capable, vital humans and to make your 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever the best decade of your life, right? And having that health and vitality goes a long, long ways. I'd love that you brought up the carries. I, the 100, yeah. I think 100% of our clients will be familiar with specifically like suitcase carries, that unilateral yes. type walking, loaded walking. But what you're right, that's one of the most underrated things that we can do in the gym. Just grab something heavy and absolutely love that. Well, Chris, as, as we're wrapping up here, you briefly mentioned, I think, Critical Bench, and we talked about it in the intro to the show here. Talk a little bit about Critical Bench, your role there, and what, what you're doing with Critical Bench. Yeah. Well, Critical Bench started, thus the name, Critical Bench, Bench Press. It started off in 1999. It was a bench press website that sold personalized bench press programs to help, at that time, mostly men, increase their bench press. And it, we, so we were kind of one dimensional back in, in those days. And then as time went on, we evolved to, to be more than just a bench press website, more of an overall strength building site that was attracting certainly mostly men, but then some, some of the ladies. And we started getting into some pain, pain type solution product that kind of paired nicely with, you know, with, with strength training sometimes and a high level come, can come injuries. So it was managing those things. So we had some pain related content and then we just started to go really more general with our fitness and, and health and strength approach and creating digital and physical products that sold to men and women that were good solutions and easily worked into people's lives. So we've really made, I would say, our, our greatest success has, has, has been implement, implementing exercise, simple exercise routines into your life in 10, 15 minutes at a time to maybe get out of hip pain or to improve posture or to do more stretching or to improve your balance you know, or to build your glutes. or you know, So we have tons of different products and programming that we've created over the years that really reaches a really diverse audience. And it is, you know, with the ultimate goal of like feeling better and moving better. And it, it, it's been just a fun ride. I've been part of the team here for over 10 years. I oversee all content that we do here. I'm vice president of content. So I oversee, of course, customer support or help desk for any any of our customers, but 
all of our YouTube channels. We have three YouTube channels, our podcast, which is the Strong by Design podcast, which is so much fun. I get to also be one of the hosts on the show and I also manage the show and make sure, you know, we're making good, good stuff and, and good quality assets are, are getting released every week. And then I'm involved in all product creation from start to finish. So any of our paid for products and programming, I'm, I'm involved with on some level. And it, it, it's, it's really just a joy because for me, from the start of our conversation, you know, movement and strength and, and these things have been part of my life since I was a little kid. And so I get to sh- use this passion that I have, this enthusiasm I have for movement and share it with the, the world and, and help helping people to move better in life. And when, when we move, life is just better. You know, sitting idle and being sedentary, that's so fun. And that's your body. I mean, it's just the, the start of, of something very bad to, to be idle or to be yeah. sedentary. And so I loved, because I, I've just seen what it does to people. When people start moving more and they start to see changes, they feel changes, they think differently, they see the world differently, they're better in community socialize, you know, fitness and health and movement is, is a social thing. You know, it gets you out in the world and that's, we don't need isolation. We need to be surrounded by each other. We need, you see the happy old couples, what I want to be. I want to, I want to be that happy old couple, 80 years old, walking with my wife on the sidewalk, holding each other's hands, just enjoying a beautiful day and still moving in the world, feeling like, um, you know, I have an independence about, and I'm still a man capable of, of doing things. And that's, that's what I want for everybody. Amen to that. I, I, yeah. I love that sentiment and that's exactly, that's what I want for everybody as well. Right. Kind of very aligned missions there. Yeah. Now you guys, you guys put out a ton of content so folks can edit. We'll put all that into the show notes, but you guys do have a ton of content. So you being the, the master of the content there, hats off to you. That's, that is, you've done a great job. And a lot of that's very relevant to the listening audience, right? You had mentioned, Hey, if you have hip pain, these are some oh, uh, yeah. product to help you, re, you know, rehab or prehab, all yeah. that fun stuff. All right. Well, Chris, what's, what's on the horizon for you? What's next for you? What's next for critical bench? What's got you excited about the next year or two? Yeah. We, we have a lot of exciting things going on right now. We just filmed recently for a soon to be released later this year. It's a, a brain health supplement. Actually, we don't get heavy into the supplement things, but or side of things, I should say, but we, we have a, it's all natural. It's, it's, it's herbal and it's to help. It's going to be called NeuroThrive. And I'm excited for that because it pairs really nicely with my balance program that came out a few years ago called Neurobalance Therapy, which again is about keeping people upright and moving and feeling more balanced. And so kind of in line with that was something else that we thought would, oh, this would work really, pair really nicely and can kind of stand on its own as well as something to help cognitive functions that's, that's natural, that's can has, has no uh, contraindications with people that are on medication or anything like that. And uh, so I felt like, you know, that's, we, we want to try and keep our brains as healthy as possible. And, and, and so to me, that's become a really exciting line of, of our, of our business in, in recent years. Another thing we're just in the infancy of is something for knees. It, it could, could be a 
hopefully going to be called ageless knees because I know, you know, knees are, are a big issue as we get older. So that's, that's an exciting thing. But I would say for those listening, if you want to know anything about what we do here at Critical Bench, just go on to YouTube and we have, I mean, at this point between the three channels, we're over 5,000 videos on YouTube. So we have a Critical Bench in channel, over a million subscribers. We have the Critical Bench Compound channel that's over 75,000 subscribers. And we have the Strong by Design podcast channel, which we release all of our podcasts. So there's so much free, great stuff on there. Follow on workouts, how to do this exercise or that exercise. Just a wonderful resource for people to, to check out. And uh, you'll never run out of content to watch because it's, I don't, I don't know that I've seen every video on our channel. So, yeah. Wow. All right. Is the central hub then that you want to point people? Is it criticalbench.com? Is that the best place to start people? That, that will be the best place to start. We're actually in the midst of a redesign of our website. So that's another thing I'm super excited about. I'm not sure when this episode will release on your end, Kevin, but. In the, in the coming months, we're going to have a brand new, fully redesigned website with an e-commerce experience attached to it. And, you know, for, for just for all the products and programming that we make that you check those out through that, through that website. But yeah, criticalbench.com will be in the coming months, great resource. Or as I said, just go to YouTube and type in critical bench and you'll find our YouTube channel and just endless amount of content there for you. There is an endless amount of content there. And folks, I will put all of that information into the show notes. You guys can find that there. Chris, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today, sharing your passion for fitness, for health, for healthy aging, for being strong, all your wisdom, your knowledge with us. I think the work you guys are doing over there is fantastic. And I just encourage you to keep up great work. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, I love talking about this stuff. It never gets old, even all these years later. It never does. It still gets me jacked up. Okay, that's our show for today, folks. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I want to let you know that we have other free resources over at silveredgefree.com. There you'll find our free guides with our top tips on nutrition, exercise, and healthy lifestyle to assist you in your weight loss and fitness journey. So feel free to head over there and download anything that looks useful to you. I'll put the links to everything we talked about in the show notes, and you can find those over at silveredgefitness.com slash 208. As we wrap up our time together today, you can show your support for this show in two important ways. The first is to tell a friend about this podcast and encourage them to give it a listen. The second is for you YouTube folks to click the like and subscribe buttons and for you podcast folks to consider giving this podcast a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on and be sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future episodes. I really appreciate you spending your time with me today. And until next time, stay strong.